the point of these episodes is to for you to know that it it is fairly simple and your beliefs are keeping you from creating the wealth and abundance that you deserve you were born to thrive on this earth and not just survive are you looking for true personal freedom the freedom to design the life you truly desire then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's gonna help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. everybody welcome back to the rich mind podcast and today coming back to you with another fantastic episode with my friend joel solomon we're going to dive even deeper into the subject of stocks how to find companies and the values of those companies and how to determine whether uh, a stock price is cheap versus expensive uh, the different terms that that we've gone into and i'm not going to sit here because i'm not an expert at what we're talking about here joel's the guy right joel's the man if you've been able to listen to the last couple of episodes up to this point so i don't want to take any more away from him uh, so let's just bring joel back onto the show joel welcome back man thanks so much for having me again randy it's the extreme pleasure and honor to be here so thank you so much Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. We're getting some feedback from, from some folks, right? Just shared something before you jumped on today. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And this was the vision that I had is to, to break this down in as simple as a possible way from somebody that's done it, right? You're not, you're very experienced. You've done this multiple, many multiple times, and you've got a, you know, a process and a system that anybody can do. You said in the last episode that someone with a fourth grade uh, level math, right? Basic math, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division can do exactly what we're talking about, which is why I know this is, this is super exciting for the listeners. So yeah, I can't wait to dive in today. Yeah, I think that's really important because I literally just got off a call with a woman who, who is a potential client. And one of her comments was, you know, I, I was never good in math. And another comment was, you know, I'm not sure I have the time to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I actually did a reel today talking about the importance of just those limiting beliefs, because I call them limiting beliefs. If you're starting from a perspective of, oh, you know, and, and she, the other comment she made is, is about stocks. Like she said, you know, what you're doing is really important because most people are like, oh, stocks. Yeah, I, I, there's no way I can get my hands around this. No, I can understand this. But the point of these episodes is to, for you to know that it, it is fairly simple and your beliefs are keeping you from creating the wealth and abundance that you deserve, you were born to thrive on this earth and not just survive. And so it's all here for you. And if you can work with, you know, work with me, work with others on those limiting beliefs, because it, it doesn't take much time. It doesn't take a ton of effort. And, and you have it in you. Like we said, fourth grade math education, add, subtract, multiply, divide, you can do this. So I just want to do a quick review on a couple of items that are really important uh, the book value, which is a really important measure for a company, 
It's the accounting measure of what the company's worth. And it's just the shareholders' equity divided by the outstanding shares. That's all the book value is. And, and we'll be comparing various amounts to that book value. So I just wanted to remind people what that is. And the other is earnings or earnings per share EPS, also just E in the denominator of the PE ratio. E or EPS is the earnings of the company. And that's uh, EPS is the net income divided by the average outstanding shares for that quarter. So we, we defined quarter last uh, time as you know one, one fourth of a year. So companies are reporting every three months how much money they made, what their book value is, what their shareholders' equity is, and the other measures, assets and liabilities, revenues and expenses that we talked about last time. So the E or EPS is calculated each quarter of the year. So that those are really important. So then uh, let's get just a reminder on a couple of more valuation ratios we talked about last time. One is price to book value. Uh, so that's the price of the stock divided by what I just reminded people is the book value. And for example, we talked about Apple last time. And the what was really interesting is Apple's book value was very low, it was about $4. So, but the price of Apple, at least when we were looking at it here, was around 100. So the price to book value is like 26, 27 times, right? And, and, and that is just suggesting that there's a lot more value in Apple than just the accounting measure of assets minus liabilities. So investors are saying, well, you know, there's, there's value attached to just the name. Right. And there's value attached to the fact that a lot of their earnings are recurring. And so we're going to give them value for that, the present value of these future earnings that are like the the I'm paying Apple cloud storage. I'm paying Apple for my phone every month. Right. So um, there's different amounts that they're getting every month that's included in that price. Uh, compared to the book value. And so PE, we also started to get into last time, the price divided by e earnings, E or EPS. And we talked about how there's many ways to calculate the PE. And one way is to look at the earnings divided by uh, the earnings over four quarters or the earnings over one quarter multiplied by four, or you could look at forward earnings. And so there's all these different ways. I Most people look at last 12 months or LTM last 12 months uh, to calculate the PE, the last 12 months earnings. So for Apple, we talked about uh, in this example, they had earned uh, over the past four quarters, $3.30. The stock was a little over a hundred. So it was 30 or 35 times price to earnings ratio. But I more importantly think about what's the next 12 months earnings or NTM, next 12 months. And that's called forward earnings. And we, it's more important what's gonna happen in the future than what's already happened because what's already happened is already in the stock price. So the 
the stock market is just a discounting mechanism. It discounts the future projected earnings of the company. And so there's some, some amount of future earnings that Apple's going to earn that is already in the stock price. Okay, so it discounts that future into today. And so if we look at next 12 months, Apple is, at this time was supposed to earn around $4 per share. And so then if you look at the stock price of 100 divided by four, it's about 25 times. So it's cheaper looking at future earnings because whenever earnings are growing, the denominator is higher. So the ratio is lower. Does that all make sense so far? Is that so I'm going simple math? No, I, not for me. So if, okay. if, if anybody watched or listened to the last episode so far, yeah, you're right on pace as far as how you were describing things in the past. Yeah, so, so far I'm, I'm up with you. That's great. Okay, so good review. So now there, there, but there's many ways to value a company. So we, I, I explained price to book value and price to earnings, but there's another measure called embedded value or uh, economic value, which is just the, the stock price or the market capitalization plus the outstanding debt minus the cash. And a lot of people look at the economic or embedded value. That, that's a way to measure the value of, of Apple. And let's look at a ratio. We talked about earning. EBITDA last time, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. So another ratio is EV divided by EBITDA. And that a lot of analysts, professional analysts and, and uh, non-professional analysts are looking at EV to EBITDA as a ratio to see is the company cheap or expensive. And so I just said in when I was looking at Apple at this time, the EV was 2.1 trillion. EBITDA, if, uh, last time we calculated, it was about $75 billion of that's cash earnings. So if you divide 2.1 trillion, again, all we're doing is dividing. We're, we've added up four numbers. Now we're dividing uh, the EV by the EBITDA. Uh, so 2.1 trillion divided by about 76 billion gets you 27.6 times. So again, that we don't know if that's expensive or cheap. And I talked last time how you need to compare things. So we need to compare this EV to EBITDA at that point in time compared to all the other past. We can look at a quarterly amount. We can look at an annual amount to see, okay, is that high or low compared to history? And we can also compare the EV to EBITDA for Apple compared to its competitors like Google and Amazon and Samsung and other companies. So and taking the, the same app. numbers, the, tamp- right, same taking number. the same numbers from the same companies, right? Doing the same evaluations, what you're talking about, exactly. and just a comparison between the two different, the, the different companies. Exactly. Got it. So another way to value a company is called DCF or discounted cash flow. And that's just looking at what we talked about EBITDA, and, and analysts will have a model, you can have a model too, of how much the company is going to generate in cash next year, the year after, three years after. And then you're just discounting it back by you know, what, what kind of interest rate they can earn on that money. 
So, you know, you can assume it's, it, there's, there's no right answer. It's, you know, putting a finger in the air, putting a thumb in the air. There's no right answer. You can guess 3% or 5%. You're going to be wrong, but, you know, the analysts do this complicated math. It's not worth it. You know, you can just guess uh, 3 or 4 or 5%, whatever return, be conservative, and you're discounting those cash flows. And that would be to get a DCF or discounted cash flow value for the company. And then one final ratio, which I, I started to get into last time, was the PE compared to the earnings growth of the company. And this is actually step four in my five-step proprietary stock screen, which is in the nine money rules millionaires use, and we'll get into in a few minutes. And this is important because you, in order for a company to be cheap or expensive, you can use this ratio. It's a very simple PE compared to earnings growth. You want to have companies where their PE, their price to earnings is less than how much they're growing their earnings. Very simple, right? So if a company is growing at 20% and their PE is 15, oh, that seems good because it's the PE is going to go down every year because the earnings are growing 20%. If the if the earnings are growing 10%, then the PE is 15, that's expensive because it's 1.5 times the earnings growth. So that's another. So for Apple at this time when we did this ratio, the PE we said was 30 plus, looking at either current year, you know, future earnings or current earnings or past earnings, at least 30. But the EPS, the earnings per share growth, was only 18.8 for the next year. So on that basis, a couple of years ago, Apple looked expensive. Now, I've been looking at Apple because we talked about last time, just currently the last quarter, I think they, they may have just reported in the last few days, but let's if we look at first quarter of 2023, they didn't grow their earnings at all. Zero. It was one, it was, they earned $1.52 in the prior year, first quarter, and they earned $1.52 exactly in the current year. So zero growth. So no matter, so that, even if it was like, okay, rounding error, say it's 1%, the PE is very high compared to a 1% earnings growth, right? <laughs> so it, it's, for me, that's, so we'll get into the five-step proprietary stock screen, but that's just one, the, it's called the PEG ratio, the PE compared to earnings per share growth is also known as the PEG ratio. So PE, G for growth ratio. So just going back to the Apple zero earnings, does that kind of get us into where you're thinking that there again, it becomes gambling, right? You're assuming that the price of a stock, and it's not based on the evaluation that you're doing, right? It's about the facts. Is that where a lot of folks in your experience get, get it wrong? They're going with the emotion of Apple, the brand, or the story that's being told out there in the marketplace versus really digging down in the weeds and looking at the numbers, just like what you presented to us. Yeah. Is that where you see a lot of folks make those mistakes? Yeah. Great, great question, Randy. So I, I was just on a call with, with a client yesterday and, and she was showing me her portfolio, new client, just getting into, you know, helping people with stocks and um, helping her. And she's showing me her portfolio and she said, look, this one I made money on, this one I didn't. So I'm going to get rid of the ones I've lost money on and I'm going to keep the one that I made money on. And I'm like, why? Well, I made money on that. 
but what does that have to do with the future? That's the past. And just because you made money or lost money, maybe the ones that you lost money on are the best ones. So let's have a method, have a process like my five-step stock screen, or at least calculate the PEs and the price to book value and look at it compared to history and look at it compared to its peers and have some method not to say, oh, I made money, so it's good. I lost money, it's bad. Usually that's the act, act, the, uh, the emotional. That's the emotion. Well, I made money. I I'm feeling good about this one. So I'm going to continue to hold it. That's not, has nothing to do with what's going to happen in the future. Just Which because exactly you made money on a stock in the past doesn't mean you'll make money in the future. And just because you lost money in a stock doesn't mean you're going to lose money in the future. It's emotional. That's where you said that in the last episode. And I just wanted to bring that back ahead again today, right? Because yeah, when you take the emotion out of it, the numbers will tell you a story. And, and big brands, big businesses, uh, yeah, that if you can just eliminate those emotions, just stick down to the basics, this five-step proprietary step plan that you've got, uh, which is what we're going through. Just stick with the basics and do the basic math and, and who knows what that could lead to. Right. But it's, it's just an amazing thing. So yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. She, she actually owned Apple and I, I personally, in, for my own personal portfolio, I'm looking for stocks that are going to return hundred percent in the next 18 to 36 months, you know, one and a half to three years. And I said to her, like, not, we're not giving any stock recommendations here, just to be clear. Um, having said that, I said to her, do you, you know, I, those are the kinds of, I'm looking for 100% upside over one and a half to three years. Do you think Apple's going to double so that their market cap is going to go, market capitalization, the value of the company is going to go from 3 trillion to 6 trillion over the next one and a half to three years? If you do, then hold it. If you don't, then let's look at some other opportunities that pass my screen and have 100% upside or more, because that's what you need to do every day, all day, is you have opportunities. Look at opportunities is one of, look at opportunities always come my way is a great affirmation. Okay, look at opportunities always come my way. And so I'm looking for look at opportunities every day, and at which means 100% upside. 100% return. And look, I'm not, I may not find them every day, but that's what I'm looking for. And so if you own something, it's the opportunity of putting the money that you have in that stock into something else that could generate 100%. And it, so you need to think that way is, is what I own right now a buy, a hold, or a sell today compared to the other opportunities out there? And if, if you say, okay, this one has at least 100% upside over the next one and a half to three years, then great. But if it doesn't, then you're missing out on a little bit of opportunity. Love it. Love it. Thank you for going a little bit deeper on that. I just wanted yeah. to kind of put a pin in that one. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. So, so we've already talked about comparing the ratio to the same, you know, comparing the PE over time. So we were, were talking about Apple and Apple's PE at the time we were looking at it was around 30, right? And, and maybe a little bit lower if you look, it was a little bit higher looking at last 12 months, a little bit lower looking at future 12 months, but it was around 30. And so you, but what does that mean? We don't know what that means because 
we don't know if it's high or low. What does Apple's PE have? What's it's been over? What has it been over the last 10 years, five years, three years? And so it's important to understand, okay, what has it been compared to itself? But also, how does it compare to its peers in the industry? So at this time, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was 30. But Amazon's PE at that same date was 100. Google's was 35. Microsoft was 33. So the average for all the companies was 50. And Apple's was the lowest. Hmm. So on that metric, maybe it's not expensive compared to its peers, right? If you Now, the other thing, we just talked about the PEG ratio or the PE to earnings growth ratio. Maybe all the other companies are growing so much faster. So let's take a look at the PEG ratio of Apple compared to the other companies. So I, I calculated that at that time uh, as well for Apple compared to its peers. And Apple was 1.6 and Amazon was 2.6. Google was 1.3 and Microsoft was 2.5. So the average was two, exactly two. And so it's lower than the average. And the only company that was lower than the 1.6 was Google at 1.3. Hmm. So it looks relatively cheap compared to its peers on the PE to earnings growth ratio and on the PE basis. So we also looked at price to book value. Right? We said that's another valuation metrics. And we saw that the price to book value for Apple was 27 times. So what is Amazon? Amazon was 22 that same day. Google was only five times and Microsoft only 13 times. So on a price to book value basis, it's, very, it's the most expensive. The average was 17, they're at 27 and no one was higher of these four companies. So on that metric, Okay, not so great. And then the final one we talked about was EV to EBITDA, right? And so on that basis, it was 27.6. Amazon is 40, Google 21, Microsoft 24. So the average was 28. So it's around the average. And so not, not very cheap, not very expensive on that metric. So and then finally, uh, EPS growth is another thing to look at. You know, we want to see, okay, how much is the company growing compared to its peers? So Apple was going to be 18.8% for the next year, Amazon 40, Google 27, and Microsoft 13%. So the average was 25%. So we want Apple to be growing faster than the average. It's growing less than the average. And almost every company was more. So all these are giving me an idea, okay, mm, not great, right? It, it doesn't feel like this is really, really cheap and I got to run out and buy it. This was, again, a couple of years ago. So based on all those measures, like, okay, it's, it's not that exciting. What I'm looking for is a company that's lower than its peers. And now we haven't really compared it to its past, but another thing to know is if you went back into, you know, from 2010, to 2020, Apple was trading much lower than 30 times PE. It, it, had, it had a PE of low as eight or nine or 10 or 12. Wow. So it's actually really, really expensive compared to its, itself in prior years. So 
so all this is good information, right? And it's just giving you an idea of where is um, where is the stock compared to its peers? Where is it compared to itself? And you know, based on what we just went through, it doesn't seem that exciting. I'm not excited, right? I want to find something that's really less than its peers and less than it's less than it has been in the past. And that gets me excited. Now we haven't done the five-step stock screen, so we don't know for sure. But I did tell you that step one, we'll get into in a few minutes, but step, we already said that it had no earnings growth, right? So that's not exciting either this past quarter. So let's just, let me just wrap this up. What we've been talking about is fundamental analysis. So fundamental analysis is using valuation metrics to use to analyze a company. And Fundamental analysis says you look at the price to earnings ratio, the PE, is the stock expensive or cheap? You look at the price to book value, is the stock expensive or cheap? You look at the cash flow, is the stock expensive or cheap? So you're using the fundamentals of the company's business to determine if it's cheap or expensive. Now, you can also use technical analysis. Technical analysis has nothing to do with the fundamentals of the company. It doesn't matter what the company does. It doesn't matter what industry, it doesn't matter what the price is. What does matter, well, it, it does matter what the price is, it, but not compared to the fundamentals. So technical analysis is just using the price and its past movements to determine if it's cheap or expensive. It doesn't look at the future. We're not looking at future earnings or future book value or any future metrics. We're just looking at the past. And it, it mainly focuses on the stock price chart. So you get it. So I don't know. Let's see if I can get out a whiteboard here just quickly. So see if you guys can see this. So that's the price, right? And that's the stock price. And it's going up and down. And we're just looking at that. That's over time right? That could be a year, three years, five years. So what has the stock price averaged over 30 days, 100 days, 150 days? And so if you do that, you'll get a line like this. The average of all those different price points per day. Right. Oh. So that's the average over the that time period, say it's 150 days. And you can do that for multiple 30-day periods, multiple 90-day periods, multiple 150-day periods. And some analysts just look at that and say, okay, is the stock above or below its 150-day moving average? The, the, the line here, right? That, that straight line. So the stock's below, so that's good. And that's called a moving average. And so that's technical analysis. All you're using is the stock price. You're averaging the stock price over time. And that's a moving average. And you say, okay, is the stock above it or below it? Is the moving average, is the stock moving up towards it? That's good. Is it coming from above and moving down? That's bad. And so that's, that's one technical analysis. You can also look at the relative uh, strength of the stock compared to the overall stock market. And so I'll just draw another line here. So if you 
have these two lines, right? The darker line you see, that could be the overall stock market. So it looks like they're correlated, right? But the stock, the overall stock market has gone up more overall than that, the lighter line. And so the relative strength is low, right? Compared to the stock. So what the relative strength does is it looks at every day, how is the stock done compared to the stock market? So today's stock was up 1%, but the overall market was up two. Stock was down 1%, the overall market down two. And, and it, it calculates, you know, so it looks at the strength compared to the overall stock market. And you can do that for seven days, 10 days, 30 days and say, okay, well, the stock was down 2%, the market was up one, that's not good. Stock was up one, the market was up two, that's not good. We want it to do better than the overall stock market. And so you can calculate this relative strength index over seven days, 10 days, 30 days, and see if it's stronger than the market. And if it's, if it's much stronger, that's not good because it's gone up a lot more. And the, the technical anal analyst will say, wait a second, if it's gone up a lot more, it can't go up a lot more. If it's gone up a lot in the past, it's not going to go. Up. And that's, that's the quote unquote traditional technical analysis. So if the relative strength index, it, the number goes from zero to 100, if it's at 80, that means that it's been very strong compared to the overall stock market. And it, it usually is a sell at 80 because it can't continue to do that. And the technical analysis that if it's at 20 or below, it's you know been very bad compared to the overall stock market. So it can't continue like that. So it's got to be a buy. And so on the relative strength index, a 20 is a buy, 20 or below is a buy, 80 or above is a sell. And calculating that again is taking the averages based on a certain time frame, right? You said 10 days, yes. seven days, yeah, whatever it is, right? Days. So I get mean, an average. Yeah. I so I just sure I use, so I'll just use like 30 days for relative strength and say, okay, you know, the stock is, you know, on average each day it's been, you know, 80% of the stock market. So that's 0.8. So that's the 80, right? Or it's, you know, 0.2. The market's been up 2%. And it's up 0.4% or 40 basis points. And so you're like, okay, so it's done much worse on average over the seven or 10 or 30 day period. It's got to do better. Now, the other thing to look at, so we've just talked about price. There's also volume. How much stock is traded on a particular day is also a technical analysis indicator. So the technical anal analyst will say, if a stock has gone up, and there's a lot of volume with that stock going up, that's a good signal. Right? A lot of people are buying and the stock's going up. But if there's low volume and the stock's going up, they'll say that's not as good a signal. Right? If the average volume in a stock is like for Apple might be a billion shares a day. And you know it went up 10%, but only 100 million shares traded, they'll say that's not a good signal. But if it went up 10% and 1.5 billion shares traded, they're like, okay, that's a good signal. Interesting. So volume and price together are indicators of, according to the technical anal analysts, that it'll go up more. Um, so 
in a nutshell, technical analysis you would use if you believe that past prices are an indicator of future stock prices. That's the only information you're looking at. And you can say, okay, this past information of a stock price, this, this chart tells me where the stock's going to go in the future. That's all you're doing. So if you do believe that past prices of a stock can predict the future prices of a stock, then use technical analysis. I personally am a fan of fundamental analysis. I want to look at you know, how much is the company making and how much are they going to make in the future? That's for me what's important. And that and so we'll we we'll can get into my five-step stock screen next, but the, the that's called fundamental analysis. It's using my five-step stock screen. Uh four of the five steps use fundamental analysis. The fifth step uses technical analysis. And I love that, right? So you've gone very clearly into the different types of the fundamental and the technical, how to use both. And you just mentioned, right? You're going to use both when it comes down to the final selection process, I would say, right? Of determining exactly where you want to place your investment money, yeah. right? So yeah, that's super fascinating. Super excited about jumping into that. So that'll be the uh, next process with the next episode. I think we'll put a, a bow on this one for today. Unless there's anything else you wanted to share uh, for no, this I one today, Joel. A great place. Sorry to interrupt. This is a great place to pause and set up for the next episode because we can dive deep into the five steps next time. That's awesome. So folks, hopefully you're finding a ton of value uh, in these episodes at this point. That was my mission or that was my goal when I presented this to Joel, uh, being the expert, right? I don't claim to be one. And if you are, fantastic. But if you're not, hopefully you're getting enough uh, value out of this as well. I know he's trying to go as high level, but then going deep in certain topics as well, give you a little bit more uh, clarity as far as what different topics mean, how to use those. Uh, we are completely using uh, hypothetical, I, I know he's using uh, points from the past, right? So we keep using businesses, Apple, we were talking about Google and Amazon. At this point, folks, just remember, this is just for educational purposes. We're not necessarily claiming to do anything with this information other than go out there, find the numbers for yourself, and then start doing the math and start learning the ratios and all the different terminologies that go along with the, what you've heard so far in these episodes. So I look forward to jumping into uh, Joel's five-step uh, process uh, for selecting stocks. We'll get into that on the next week's episode. So until then, go out there, take some time and go look for the uh, these uh, companies for their earnings and for all their income statements and balance sheets and just start running the numbers based on what you've learned so far. Rewind uh, some of these episodes and go back and forth. That's kind of the idea is that this information will be readily available to you to use uh, as much as, as you possibly can use, right? That's the kind of the whole idea. So Joel- Absolutely. Yeah, so appreciate you coming on the show again today. I look forward to jumping into the next episode. It's going to be a blast. Thanks so much, Randy. Appreciate you. Excellent. So folks, go out there, have a fantastic day and a fantastic week, and we will be back to you very soon with the next episode. Until then, bye now. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor Jim Roden shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself 
than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends. Thank you.